I really like Psalm 87. I probably just skimmed through this psalm most of my life whenever I was reading through psalms. It didn't really seem to apply to me. It's kind of just a songwriter who has national pride about his country, really more specifically his home city, writing a song about it. What did that have to do with me? Hello and welcome to Choir Talks. My name is Greg O'Neill and I'm glad you joined me today for this podcast. So here's Psalm 87. It starts this way. He has founded his city on the holy mountain. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than any other dwelling of Jacob. By the way, Zion equals Jerusalem. Anytime he says Zion, he's talking about Jerusalem. Glorious things are said of you, city of God. You see what I mean? It's a song in praise of a city that I've never been to. In fact, it's an ancient version of that city. So what can I get out of this song? Why am I reading this song? Well, Jerusalem is an important place, not just because of its geography, but because of significant events that took place there. Uh, The first time we see it, uh, there's a, a king there called Melchizedek, which is an important figure in the Old Testament. And then we see uh, Abraham offering his son Isaac on Mount Moriah, reportedly to be in uh, the present-day city of Jerusalem. Jerusalem became the hub of the Jewish nation. David, that famous king, reigned there. The tabernacle and the worship of the Jews was uh, located in Jerusalem, and then ultimately the temple was built there. But not only that, Jesus died there. And he rose from the grave there. And the church was born in Jerusalem. So it is an important, spiritually significant place, uh, not only for this Old Testament writer, but also for me. But there's way more going on in this song. Uh, See how it unfolds here, beginning in uh, the next verse. He says, I will record Rahab and Babylon among those who acknowledge me. Philistia and Tyre, along with Cush, and I will say, This one was born in Zion. Okay, it even seems to be getting worse to me now as far as being applicable to us. He's listing a bunch of kingdoms that I have no connection with, and some of them don't even exist anymore. Rahab uh, is a poetic way of talking about, uh, of naming the country of Egypt. Babylon was that powerful enemy of uh, the Jews to their north. Uh, Philistia was a rival uh, it's it's an enemy that was close by them that had rival gods. That country doesn't exist anymore. Tyre uh, was a, a coastal city um, that was sometimes a rival. It was a city of materialism with its own god. And, and then there was uh, Cush, which means, uh, we think, Ethiopia. And it was a faraway people to the Jewish nation. So what did he say here? Why is this important? Well, hear it again. I will record Rahab and Babylon amongst those who acknowledge me, Philistia and Tyre, along with Cush, and will say, this one was born in Zion. All right, these were pagan kingdoms, um, but it says that he's going to record those as some who acknowledge him. Now, the word acknowledge here is a super important Old Testament word, Hebrew word. It's a form of the word yada. And the Hebrew word yada means to intimately know someone, to have a relationship with them. So here's what's awesome. 
these Gentile nations, uh, I mean, how did they have a relationship with, with God? Um, they were they were Gentile. They were foreign to the promises of God. And yet here, God offers them a promise that uh, he'll say of them, this one is born in Zion. It's a promise for God from a people outside of God's people. Uh, even though they worshiped foreign gods and opposed God's people, there's an opportunity for them to know him also. Not only is it a promise from God, it's, it's really an invitation. Know him, and then he will say this about you. This one is born in Zion. All right, wait a minute, Greg. How can these nations, these people groups, be born in Jerusalem? They weren't physically born there, and Jerusalem was, an important, was not an important part of any of those nations being formed. So that tells me that we're no longer talking about a physical Jerusalem. He's now referencing a heavenly Jerusalem, a spiritual place, a place that you can be, quote, born into without having been physically born in earthly Jerusalem. And we have some Old Testament examples of people like that. Rahab, the prostitute from Jericho, not um, the people of Israel, or Ruth, the Moabite. Um, these were people that were individuals that were welcomed into uh, God's people, uh, even though they weren't born Jews. Now, if you think I'm just making this up about him talking about a spiritual uh, Jerusalem or a heavenly Jerusalem, here's some New Testament evidence for uh, what I say. What I'm saying here, Paul, in the book of Galatians, writes about a heavenly Jerusalem when he says, "The Jerusalem that is from above is free." And she is our mother as, as believers. She's our mother. And then the writer of Hebrews, and he may have even been reading Psalm 87 when he wrote these words. He says, but you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem and the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven. So wait a minute. This does apply to me. This isn't just um an ancient Hebrew writing about his pride in his own hometown or home city, but it's a city that I've been invited to be a part of. The ancient songwriter, he's filled with joy in writing this song about the physical city where he was born in, but how much more should I have joy in being born into the heavenly Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem? I love how a person who comes to know or yada God doesn't say of themselves, I was born in Zion, but listen to it again. God is speaking and he says, I will say this one was born in Zion. God says it about us. Those of us who have acknowledged him, who is Yada or come to know him. He says about us, this one was born in Zion. Hey man, that's a beautiful thought for you and me who have come to follow God. God says of you, this one is born in Zion. Not only that, let me read on a little farther. He says, Indeed of Zion it will be said, This one and that one were born in her, and the Most High himself will establish her. The Lord will write in the register of the people, This one was born in Zion. I just got a cold chill reading that. That's awesome. Not only does God himself say about you, Hey, this one's mine. This one was born in Zion. But also he writes in his book, uh, This one was born in Zion. He he writes it down in his permanent book. This one's mine. This one is my child. This one is born in Zion. 
um, talk about God writing it down. The New Testament also refers to uh, this a book where God has written about us. And in uh, Philippians, Paul says this, I I entreat Euodia and Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel, uh, with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers. Here it is. Those whose names are written in the book of life. The book of life shows up again in Revelation uh, when it talks about the Lamb's book of life containing the names of those who were born in Zion. All right, there's just one more verse here, and I love this verse, even though it took me a long time to understand it well enough to be excited about it. But he says, as, as they make music, these people who are born in Zion, as they make music, they will sing. And then it gives us the, the lyrics of the song they sing. Here they are. Here they are. All my fountains are in you. Okay, so what's that about? So we've got all these people born in Zion. They are ready to sing, and they sing, All my fountains are in you. Well, Jerusalem, this city of God, this Zion here on earth, has one uh, water source, and it's called the Gihon Spring. Now, that name originally meant something like to gush forth which is really fitting because this water source isn't like a constantly flowing river. It's an underground water source that is like a sort of like a cistern that when it fills up, then uh, it overflows into the city, creating these, these bubbling springs or, or fountains gushing forth, if it, as, you, as you would, um, in Jerusalem. So uh, when the people saw that, um, that was a... a a source of joy to them. It was a picture of God's blessing, all this water just, just bursting up because God has, has bountifully rained on our area. And now he's, it is bringing his blessing within the city, these fountains. It was a cause for joy. Uh, for those who are thirsty, it was literally a fountain of life. Um, so uh, this Jerusalem that gets about 19 inches of rainfall a year, uh, you can imagine that when those those fountains gush forth that that brought joy to the people uh, psalm 46 4 says there is an a river the gihon springs there is a river whose streams make glad the city of god so that's what was happening here and so um, this picture is a beautiful picture of the people rejoicing over god's blessing what he has given them and their joy that they have in that. So what has he given us? He has written our name in the register. He has said of us, this one is born in Zion. Uh, a couple more things to give you here. Jeremiah 2 says of God that he is a spring of living water. So why do we say all my fountains are in you? My joy is in you. My blessings come from you. But you are the spring of living water. Uh, also, Jeremiah 2 is a theme that Jesus picked up on in John chapter 4 when he spoke to the woman at the well. And he said, um, if you had asked of me, then I would have given you living water. The water I give will become in you like a spring of living water welling up into eternal life. So all my fountains are in you, Lord. God's blessings naturally flow through his people. They're his provision they create joy, and our response is a response of worship, to worship the one who has made us the citizens of heavenly Zion. Have a great day.